It's Thursday, May 10th. All of Wednesday's basketball games are in the books. Here is your morning after in the NBA playoffs. In the lone playoff game from Thursday, the Celtics sneak by the 76ers, 114-112. All five of Boston's starters scoring double figures with rookie Jason Tatum scoring 25 points. Jalen Brown scores 24 points and Al Horford finishes with 15 points, 5 steals and 8 rebounds in the win. Joel Embiid puts up a game-high 27 points, adding 4 blocks and 12 rebounds. And Dario Saric matches that game-high with 27 points of his own, adding 10 rebounds for Philadelphia in their season-ending loss. The victory means the Celtics take the series 4 games to 1 and will now head to the Eastern Conference Finals for the second year in a row. It will be a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals with Boston taking on Cleveland. The Celtics have home court advantage, so Game 1 will be on Sunday in Boston. That will be the next game in the NBA playoffs, and the Western Conference Finals between the Warriors and Rockets will begin Monday from Houston. That's the buzzer for this edition of the Morning After in the NBA playoffs. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. Yesterday, I gave you my thoughts on the Western Conference Finals matchup between the Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors. And by virtue of their win last night, the Celtics now face the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on those two teams right now. At many points throughout the season, it seemed like neither team was going to get this far especially for Boston after they suffered a major injury to Gordon Hayward five minutes into the season. Then they lost Kyrie Irving for the play- for the playoffs late in the year. Uh, the Cavaliers have very publicly struggled a lot during the season, ending up as the four seed. Then they went to seven games with with the Indiana Pacers in their first round series and didn't look like the Cavs of old. But we still have Celtics, Cavaliers for the second year in a row despite all that stuff. Now these two teams don't look anything like they did last year with the exception of a few players. Obviously LeBron James is still the man on the Cavaliers. Al Horford and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier are the only four Celtics from last year's Eastern Conference Finals team. So very different teams and a very different matchup than last season. The Celtics again really it seemed like overachieved to get here. They were not favored in their first round series. It was kind of a pick em between them and the Bucks. That went seven. And then everybody picked the 76ers in the second round, who the Celtics then defeated in five. People expected Cleveland to be able to handle Indiana in the first round. That series was really tight. And then people thought it would be closer against the number one seeded Raptors in the second round. And Cleveland, we all know, kicked the crap out of the Raptors and swept them right out of the playoffs. So very strange runs. Nobody could have really predicted how the two teams would meet up, but they're meeting up nonetheless. So that brings up to us to the actual matchup itself. As much as it pains me to do it, because as you all know, if you've been listening for a while, I am a lifelong diehard Celtics fan, so I'm clearly biased with my picks, but I think that Cleveland is going to get by Boston again this year. And that's not to disparage what the Celtics have done. They are a young, scrappy team that works their ass off, and they're only going to continue to improve, especially as these young guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier continue to get better and grow in their NBA careers, plus the return of Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward next season should be obviously a huge lift to them. So the Celtics should be back here. For Cleveland, this might be their last hurrah, and I think that's part of the reason why they're going to be able to win this series. Also, LeBron James is just playing 
out of his freaking mind. He has been remarkable in this postseason. Not that he's usually not remarkable. He's always incredible, but he's taking it to another level in this playoffs, basically dragging the Cavaliers to this point, especially in the first round where he was getting absolutely no help from his teammates. LeBron has just been a man on a mission in these Eastern Conference playoffs. But now he's facing a team that can do some damage defending him. No one can really defend LeBron, but the Celtics have bodies and athletic players to sort of frustrate him, slow him down. Unfortunately for Boston, LeBron is starting to get help from his teammates. Kevin Love played a lot better in the second round series against Toronto. Tristan Thompson seems to be finding his groove. George Hill is playing better. Kyle Korver is playing better. Uh, They're getting production from Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. So the Cavaliers, unfortunately for Boston, are hitting all the right notes coming into this Eastern Conference Finals. And they look like a team that they should, which has, you know, playoff experience. LeBron obviously has a lot of championship and playoff experience. So that is going to hurt the Celtics going forward. And ultimately, it always comes down to LeBron. And the Celtics just have not been able to figure out how to counter him. And it's going to be incredibly tough in this conference finals. That doesn't mean that Boston can't win. This team, the Celtics team, is much better equipped to win this series over Cleveland than they were a year ago. It's strange because it's a team that doesn't really resemble itself and is basically run by young guys like Rose, like the guys I mentioned, Rozier and Smart and Tatum and Brown. Those have been their go-to guys. Obviously, you have the veteran Al Horford too, but young guys have been carrying this Celtics team to this point. But at the end of the day, it, you, it's really it's just so hard to play against LeBron, and he's on an. This is probably his last year in Cleveland. It seems like he's just a man possessed. So I think it's going to be a good series. But I'm going to take the Cavaliers in six games as much as it pains me to do so. But it should be entertaining and far more competitive than last year's Eastern Conference Finals. So Cavs in six, but I'm pulling for my Celtics. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news only on Anchor. The Detroit Lions made a big splash this offseason when they hired Matt Patricia as their next head coach. Patricia was one of the most sought-after head coaching candidates this offseason and has developed a very strong reputation in the NFL as one of the smartest assistant coaches in the league, plus learning at the foot of Bill Belichick. Patricia, as you would hear every time the Patriots played, was a rocket scientist, and most league officials felt like he would be a strong head coach when he got the opportunity. So Detroit seemed to be locked in on him from day one. Then they hired him, they got their man, and things have been going well for the Lions since then. That is until yesterday when an ugly story surrounding a 1996 sexual assault case involving Patricia made its way into the news cycle. The story in question came, like I said, in 1996 when Patricia and a friend was on spring break and they allegedly went into a hotel room and, quote, took turns violently sexually assaulting the woman. The case never, the case ended up being dismissed in 1997 because the alleged victim did not feel she could face the pressures or stress of a child, of a trial, rather. Uh, As far as Patricia is concerned and as lawyer, there was no merit to the case. It was something that the victim in question made up and was more of a he said, she said situation. So no one really knew about this and was never really talked about until yesterday this came out. And the problem with that, even though the case was dismissed, is it's just a really bad look for Patricia and the Detroit Lions, especially in the Me Too era where... 
teams and players and coaches and organizations and brands are so hypersensitive to anything that could potentially alienate any sort of audience. You don't want to have a case about your head coach, newly hired head coach at that, being involved in an ugly sexual assault case, no matter how long ago it was and how old he was at the time. So the Lions and Patricia have to be really embarrassed by this. It doesn't look like the Lions are going to fire him, though, because, well, one, they'd have to pay him almost all of his money, and two, he's somebody that they really wanted to be as their head coach. The team released a statement saying, quote, Responding to a published report this evening from the Detroit News, the Detroit Lions are aware that a criminal charge involving sexual assault was brought against Matt Patricia in 1996. Matt was 21 at the time and on spring break in Texas. The charge was dismissed by the prosecutor at the, at the request of the complaining individual prior to the trial. As a result, Coach Patricia never had the opportunity to present this case or clear his name publicly in a court of law. He has denied that there was any factual basis for the charge. There was no settlement agreement with the complaining individual, no money exchanged hands, and there was no confidentiality agreement. In discussions today with Lions management, the reporter involved acknowledged that the allegations have not been substantiated. This The statement continues... Uh, as an organization, the Detroit Lions take allegations regarding sexual assault or harassment seriously. Coach Patricia was the subject of a standard pre-employment background check, which did not disclose this issue. We've spoken to Coach Patricia about this at length, and as well as the attorney who represented him at the time. Based upon everything we have learned, we believe and accepted Coach Patricia's explanation and will continue to support him. We will continue to work with our players in the NFL to further awareness and protections for those individuals who are the victims of sexual assault or violence. End quote. So the Lions are standing behind their man, and they are making it out the seam, which seems like it is the case that this was Matt Patricia as a young man and being accused of something that he didn't do. That may or may not happen, we'll probably never know. Uh, but again, it's a bad look for Patricia and for the Lions. Patricia said, I firmly maintain my innocence as I have always done. It's obviously an awkward situation to be talking about this 20 plus odd years later when you're a grown man at your first head coaching job and you're talking about something that happened when you were 21 in college. That being said, that's the way thing, these things work and the Lions should have done a better job vetting if they didn't want this to come out the way it came out. But it's something that they're going to have to deal with going forward. And hopefully for them and Patricia, nothing else comes out. Because right now, this is a PR nightmare. And they're hoping this story just goes away. I'm Jeff Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick hitting sports news only on Anchor.